0: throwing a pick six in the red zone. But I figured you all are Dallas Cowboys fans and you're used to that. But then I remembered, you are Dallas Cowboys fans. You probably don't even know what the red zone is, do you? I'm a Bears fan. I got plenty. I just have to plug in Dallas Cowboys instead of Chicago Bears. I told you I'm reading in Ezekiel right now, and that's where we're going to be, Ezekiel chapter 22. So let's go ahead and turn there. Let's make sure our cell phones are on silent, please. Nobody moving around. Let's make sure that we focus in. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to finish early tonight. Don't laugh. I'm trying to finish early tonight. We've had a couple weeks, in and um, these past two Wednesdays have been longer services, and I want to... I want to uh, finish up early tonight. We have a lot to do, so please focus in here. I'm only preaching to half of you tonight, so it should go quicker than usual. Ezekiel chapter 22, and we're going to start in verse 24, and I just want you to follow along with me for sake of time, okay? Son of man, say unto her, This is the land of Israel. Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they shown difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge And stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God, please bless the preaching and reading of your word. Save any soul in here that is on their way to hell. Lord, I ask that you would call backsliders home, call prodigals home. Glorify your name and use this message to sink deep into our hearts. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We have an issue. We have an issue in our passage that is unfortunately quite familiar. We have a broken hedge, a gap in the wall that is there to protect God's people or protect people from sin and from judgment. Now, in this particular case, this gap was found in the hedge that protected a nation, the nation of Israel. But this this gap can be found in many areas. There are gaps in the walls. There are broken hedges around nations. There are broken hedges around cities. There are broken hedges around neighborhoods, around churches, around ministries in those churches around families, around homes, around marriages. And the punishment for these gaps is terrifying. The punishment for these gaps is severe because these gaps in these walls aren't formed from a lack of something silly or insignificant. These hedges are not broken because of something small or unimportant. God shows us in verse 24 through 29 that these gaps are created by a lack of spiritual leadership. So that's why he calls out the prophets first in verse 25 and verse 28. The ones who are called to proclaim God's word to the people, but they're not proclaiming God's word to the people. They're using their own words to lie and deceive the people, and they're conspiring with one another to take advantage of the people. So then he looks in verse 26 at the priests. The ones who are called to draw a clear line between what is holy and profane by living holy lives themselves and by helping teach the people how to live holy lives themselves. But they had profaned God and they had not drawn a clear line between the holy and profane. They had not drawn a clear line between the clean and the unclean, which is their job. So then in verse 27, he looks at the princes, the governmental leaders, the the political leaders, if you will, who were ordained by God to protect the people by upholding justice and upholding peace in the land, if you will. But they're all driven by greed. And in fact, they go as far as bloodshed in some cases in order to ensure that they stay in power. Now, if the spiritual leaders are acting that way, how do you think the people are going to be acting? Whether spiritual leaders are spiritual or not, people follow. And so when he gets to verse 29, as the prophets have used oppression, so have the people. And as the priests have become profane, so have the people. And as the princes have become greedy, so have the people. Right here in this passage, we have an entire nation that has become infected by wickedness. But what I wanna ask you is, What allowed that infection to come in? What allowed this wickedness to enter? It was a gap in the wall. It was a break in the hedge where the spiritual leaders were supposed to be standing. So how does the infection of wickedness infiltrate a nation? And how does it infiltrate a city? And how does it infiltrate a a business? How does it infiltrate a church? How does it infiltrate a family? How does it infiltrate a home? How does it infiltrate a, a, a ministry? How does it infiltrate a marriage? It infiltrates through a lack of spiritual leadership. When the spiritual leaders fail to stand where they ought to stand, their absence leaves a gap that invites sin. But it not only invites sin, it summons the indignation and wrath of God because those gaps are not supposed to be there. Sin is not meant to infiltrate the hedge that God set up by giving spiritual leaders. So when it does infiltrate, what is God supposed to do? Leave it alone? God can't leave sin alone. If God's going to leave sin alone, he has to forfeit his holiness. So he can't do that. He will pour out his indignation upon any nation and upon any business and upon any city and upon any neighborhood and upon any church and upon any ministry and upon any family and upon any home and upon any marriage that allows sin in he will pour out his indignation upon it. He will consume it with his wrath. He will, put, he will turn upon it the works of their own hands, I think is what he says. How does he say it? He will recompense their way upon their heads. But he is a gracious God, is he not? And he is slow to anger and he is very merciful. So before he punishes, he searches. And before he reproves, He seeks, and before he pours out his fury because of the gap, he looks for somebody that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before him that he should not destroy what is behind that hedge. Now, everyone stop, close your Bible, put your finger in it because we're looking back, but stop and don't look. Okay, don't look. Don't be cheating. Anyone cheating? I want you to take note of a very interesting word in this, in this verse. And it's a word that I never noticed before. And it's a word that I never noticed before in this verse, although I have heard it quoted very many times. And I think I haven't noticed it because a lot of times when we quote it, we quote it incorrectly. I see some of you looking down and I'm gonna call your name for cheating. I'm gonna take away a hundred points because it was a woman that I saw doing it. So, with, without looking, and, and please don't be embarrassed, please don't be afraid, but any, any man in here who can stand up and quote that verse, the, the one about standing in the gap, as best as you can. Now, I already asked you this morning, so you're disqualified. But who, who can stand up and quote that verse as best as they can? Oh, guys, you are fueling my message tonight. I sought for a man among you. Anybody? Come on. No one? No one at all. Someone's got to give it a try. Brother Ben, give it a try. I sought for a man among them that should stand in the gap. Close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, you can't do worse you can't do worse than that. So it, who wants who wants to try? Who wants to try? Brother Danny? No. <laughs> Brother Luke, you want to give it a try? Now without reading. Okay. Good thing I ran this experiment this morning. And again, you gentlemen are just fueling my message here. Here's, I asked my brother to do it. I asked Brother Ben to do it. I asked a couple other people to do it. And here's what they said. I sought for a man among them to make up the hedge and stand in the gap, but I found none. Right? What a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what the verse says, okay? Sought for a man among them to make up the hedge, stand in the gap before him to land. Brother Dusty, you want to give it a try? Okay, perfect. <laughs> open it up, open it up, okay? O- open the Bible up and see what it says. How about this? Since you were of no help in my experiment, what do you think the word is? It's in the, it's in the first two phrases, okay? It's in the first two phrases. What do you think the word is that stood out to me? And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge. Make, no, some of you said make up, that's two words, I asked for one. Huh, among, no. Should, who said should? Okay, wait a second, wait a second. God said should. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge. Watch this. Watch this now. God was not just looking for someone who was able to make up the hedge. Otherwise, this would say I sought for a man among them who could make up the hedge. He was not just searching for somebody who was willing to make up the hedge. Otherwise, he would have said and I sought for a man among them who would make up the hedge. He was looking for somebody who was supposed to make up the hedge. So he said, I sought for a man among them That should. Okay, so listen to what God is saying here. We've got a gap. And it's a gap because of a lack of spiritual leadership. It is letting sin in where it should not be. And I'm searching for somebody to stand in that gap. But I'm not searching for a person that could make up the hedge. And I'm not searching for a woman that would make up the hedge. I'm searching for a man that should make up the hedge. And Brother Matt, if you want to know, that's the title of my message. A man that should. I am searching for a man that should. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge. Now, sometimes the word man can be used to describe people as a whole. Uh, There hath no temptation taken you, but, but such as is common to man. That's not just talking about males. It's talking about females as well. Man shall not live by bread alone. Let no man despise thy youth. It's not just talking about males. It's talking about females. But in this case... He's talking about a man. This is the Hebrew word for a male person. So, when there is a lack of spiritual leadership, God starts looking for a man because it is a man that should be standing there. That's why in verse 25 and 28, he calls out the prophets. And then in verse 26, he calls out the priests. And then in verse 27, he calls out, not the princesses, the princes. Those are all positions for men, prophets, priests, princes. And notice with me, when the men are not leading the way they should lead, the people live in wickedness. So when sin infiltrates a nation or a city or a business or a neighborhood or a church or a ministry or a family or a home or a marriage, God asks, where is the man that should be preventing this from happening? Where is the male spiritual leadership that I have ordained to watch over this nation? Where is the male spiritual leadership that I have ordained to watch over that city? or that I have ordained to watch over that neighborhood? Where is the pastor that I have called to watch over that church? Where is the man that I have called to lead that ministry? Where is the father that I have chosen to lead that home? Where is the husband that I have chosen to lead that marriage? Look, all throughout scripture, when God needed a spiritual leader, he chose a man. When when God needed somebody to build the ark, he didn't choose any person that could. And He didn't choose a person that would. He sought for a man that should, and He found Noah. And when God needed somebody to deliver His people out of Egypt, He didn't look for a child that could. He didn't look for a woman that would. He sought for a man that should, and He found Moses. When, when God needed a priest, He sought for a man. When God needed a prophet, He sought for a man. When God needed a judge, He sought for a man. When God needed a King, He sought for a man. When God needed apostles, he sought for men. Preachers, sometimes God chose women in those instances. Yes, he did. But notice in every single time that he had to choose a woman that would, it was only because there wasn't a man that should. God is searching for men to take charge spiritually. And despite popular, whatever, what's the word that I'm looking for? Popular, popular opinion. Thank you. That word. It's okay to be a man, sir. And ladies, it's okay for a man to be a man. You know, it used to be okay to be a man. And I find, I find a lot of things that used to be associated with being a man now all of a sudden are associated with being like a closed-minded jerk. No, it's just called being masculine, Now, I'm not not a perfect specimen here, okay? (laughs) Like, please. (laughs) But it's okay to be be a man. You know, not even very long ago, heathen society's viewpoint and mindset of manhood was something that held very high regard. (sighs) If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, but don't look too good or talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same if you can bear to hear the words you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch all you gave your life for broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve their turn long after they are done and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will that says to them, hold on. If you can walk with crowds and keep your virtue, or talk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 40 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. That was written in 1895 by a heathen poet. His idea, the world's idea, if you will, not what it took to be successful, not what it took to be a business person, not what it took to graduate college, what it took to simply be a man. And now look at who men are. Society may have changed, and masculinity may be shunned by humanity, but God is still looking for men. To lead spiritually. When God starts a church, he seeks for a man to pastor that church. When God forms a nation, he seeks for a man to lead that nation. When God begins a ministry, he seeks for a man to lead it. When God forms a family, he seeks for a man to lead it. When God forms a marriage, he seeks for a man to lead it. And whenever sin is where it does not belong, one of God's first questions is, where are the men? Where are the men? Now, if he can't find a man that should, will he find a woman that would? Would he find a child that could? He has before. But for every one instance where God has allowed a woman or a child to do what a man should do, there are many other instances when God says, if I can't find a man to lead this thing, let it be destroyed. But if I can find just one. I didn't seek for men. I sought for one. One man in a nation. If I can find just one man who will simply be the spiritual leader that he should be, there's hope for that nation. And there's hope for that city and there's hope for that neighborhood. And there's hope for that business. And there's hope for that church. And there's hope for that ministry. And there's hope for that family. And there's hope for that home. And there's hope for that marriage. And I won't destroy it. I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand. Oh, see what I said? That should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I I should not destroy it. I don't wanna destroy it, but I found none when God was ready to to decimate the entire human race, Noah stood in the gap. A man stood in the gap, and God saved humanity by his grace. And when God was ready to destroy Israel in the wilderness, Moses stood in the gap, and God forgave. When God was just, to leave us in our sin and condemn us to die. Jesus stood in the gap and God forgave us because a man stood and satisfied the wrath of God. When sin was running rampant in England, you had men like Charles Spurgeon and men like the Wesley brothers and men like George Whitefield who stood where they were supposed to stand and they brought revival to their country. And when America was running rampant in sin, You had men like Moody and Sunday and Roloff and Robertson and Rice and Hiles and so, so many others who stood, they just simply stood where the Bible told them to stand and they staved off the judgment of God. When sin had infiltrated my family, you know who first started going to the church? My mom. She went to the church and she obeyed God's word as best as she could and she did that for a while on her own and she did a very good job. But you can't deny that it was when the man of the house started standing where he should stand that my family changed forever. So men, listen to me. When sin infiltrates where it ought not be, you have an opportunity to make up the hedge and stand in the gap before God by simply being the spiritual leader that you are supposed to be. And beyond it being an opportunity, it is your responsibility. Leading spiritually isn't just what you could do. And it is more than what you would do. It's what you should do. And doing what you could does not make you a man And doing what you would does not make you a man. Doing what you should is what makes you a man. Now, perhaps some would think this is a strange message to preach during a competition where we have men versus women in the church. But here's what I know with all of my heart. Every godly woman In This room is searching along with God for a man for goodness sake to take the lead spiritually Now ladies, this is where I would need your help just a little bit because I'm not a woman and I don't know how you think I've tried and it's a scary place to be (laughs) Gentlemen, listen, they may they may not admit this to us and ladies, you know I'm all for humor, and you know I'm all for joking around. But, but I am serious right now. Gentlemen, they, the women would not probably admit this to us, and maybe they would tonight. But deep inside, they want to see us be who we should be and win this competition. Oh, no. <laughs> see, you were following for a while. they should be yeah 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 and win no okay so let's be honest let's be honest here let's be honest here right Miss Amanda let's be honest here any other competition between men and women if we're talking about sports if we're talking about the, okay men would win this competition men should win men should win because we are are, should be. And I believe every godly woman wants to follow a godly man who will lead the way that he should. Any female who despises godly male leadership is as wicked as Jezebel herself. And don't think that just because you sit in a Baptist church, you're not a Jezebel. We've we've had plenty. But every godly lady, every godly lady who is a citizen of some nation desires to have a godly president. Every godly woman who finds herself an employee desires to have a godly boss. Every godly woman who is a church member desires to have a godly pastor and a godly Sunday school teacher and a godly ministry leader and godly deacons who lead the way that they should. Every godly daughter wants a godly daddy. And every godly wife wants a godly husband. Every godly single lady wants a godly man who will lead and love her the way that he should. And men, I want you to look around at these ladies here tonight because God has blessed us with an incredible group of women here. And I want you to look around at them. They are rooting for us. We do not have a greater cheerleader We do not have a greater group of cheerleaders than God, these women than God himself. God is cheering and they are cheering. And God is searching for a man amongst us that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before him. He is searching for a man who will pray. He is searching for a man who will love his Bible and study his Bible and speak cleanly. Any man who can't go a sentence without dropping a curse word, you're a fool. Cursing is a poor excuse for conversation and an open admission of a limited vocabulary and a stunted brain, and a man who will dress properly. We used to wear this to ball games. Part of me is kind of glad we don't, <laughs> but part of me wishes we still had a little bit of our self respect. God is searching for a man who will keep his temper and walk with a purpose. Like you have an anvil around your neck. Get your hands out of your pockets and walk, walk. Are you going somewhere? Walk. Someone who will sit on their behind and not their spine. There's a big difference between this. The Lord gave you this to sit on. Not, not this. No wonder you walk that way. You're sitting on what you should be standing on. God is searching for a man who will love his wife. You married her. Love the girl. Oh, you got papers on her now, so you don't have to do any of that. When's the last time you wrote her a note? Ooh, man, honey, don't answer that question for me okay I'm sorry it says I still love you see all my previous cards for full details God is looking for a man who will care for his children I, I, I know they get annoying and I know they're loud And I know they're crazy. And I know they don't have any brains. But what do you expect? You're their father. God is looking for a man who will stand against wrong. And you don't you don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to stand up at work and peacock your chest out, you know. Thou shalt not! Just, uh, guys, don't, don't talk that way around me. Well, why? And be ready to give an answer. God is looking for a man who will fight for the faith. You fight for your sports teams, and you fight for your, for your political party, and you fight for your GMC or your Ford or your, or your whatever. Fight for your Lord. And fight for your beliefs. God is looking for a man who will win souls. God is looking for a man who will be loyal and be kind. Be strong, but not mean. Be humble, but not timid. Be bold, but not brash. Be compassionate, but not compromising. God is looking for a man who will be faithful in church. Gentlemen, that's kind of easy mode. Easy mode. Easy mode. And God doesn't expect men to stay on easy mode. When God has his toughest tasks, he's looking for you, sir. And if you can't do this, God is looking for a man who will lead, lead, lead. And leadership is not pointing your finger and saying, go that way. Leadership is getting out in front. And when you're in front, people are going to kick you. But remember, if you're getting kicked in the back, it's because you're out in front. Leadership is not, go that way. Leadership is getting out in front and holding your hand back and saying, come this way. And there's a big difference. God is searching. And gentlemen, I want him to find me. So where is the man who will say tonight, God, by your grace, I will make up the hedge. I will stand in the gap. Let me be the reason why my nation is spared. Let me be a part of the reason why my city is spared and my business is spared and my church is spared, and my family is spared, and my marriage is spared, and my home is spared. Let me not be the reason it's destroyed. What God can do with one man that should. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.